productivity improvement lies at the heart of our ability to maintain a high standard of living. The most effective organizations are those whose productivity gains exceed their competitors. In this episode, Jack Sanger joins me to share solutions from his article, The Productivity Improvement Steering Wheel, Seven Powerful Steps Every Leader Can Take. Welcome to the 90th Percentile, an unconventional leadership podcast by Zanger Folkman. Each week, using research from over 1.5 million global assessments, we analyze different leadership traits, trends, and what it really takes for leaders to get to the 90th percentile. I'm your host, Brianna Corin, and with me today is the expert on employee engagement and productivity, Jack Zanger. Thanks, Brianne. Productivity improvement has always been a topic that's fascinated me throughout my career probably because it so powerfully dictates the success of every firm. Jack, I read an account describing how a group of people in an organization rose to an entirely new level of productivity, and I'd like to get your reaction to it. Back in 1994, 1900 mechanics and service attendants belonging to the Los Angeles-based Algamated Transit Union walked off their jobs. They were joined by two other unions full of bus drivers, rail operators, transit clerks that were also involved in this strike. This walkout meant that more than 1.2 million daily commuters in one of the country's largest cities now didn't have access to the MTA's full fleet of buses and rail cars. But there was some awareness about this strike, that it was coming, and so they prepared. The MTA certified 107 of its own transportation supervisors to operate the buses. They also enlisted 87 other secretaries and managers to learn how to drive a bus during a five-week training session. And there was a lot of fear. And it was said that many of those employees did not want to drive the buses. And I totally understand. I would have been terrified to drive a bus in downtown L.A., Now, as the strike unfolded, the MTA also reassigned other employees to fuel the buses and maintain and clean them and staff the temporary telephone centers. They said everybody just rolled up their sleeves and did whatever they had to do to make it through this walkout. They even took out their own trash because there were no custodians there to do it. Now, all of the logistics of this were quite incredible, and you can read the full workforce article that will be posted on our podcast page. But I thought that this was a great example of productivity and how the staff that was still there was able to look at all these different jobs and systems and ask, what do we need to do with who we have to get through this time? Brianne, that is an absolutely classic example of what the late Jack Welch said about, about people. Uh, that there's an unlimited amount of juice in that lemon. People rise to the occasion. He may have been overstating it a little bit. It may not be truly unlimited, (laughs) but the research has shown that people are capable of producing at a much higher level when the occasion kind of calls for it. The research that that I've seen has shown that there are huge differences. If you look at a bell-shaped curve of people who are at the very top of a a bell-shaped curve versus those at the bottom. If it's a simple kind of a job, the productivity of the people at the top is two or three times those at the bottom. If it's a complex job, 
the difference between the top people and the ones at the bottom is absolutely incalculable. Uh, so much so that statisticians say it probably isn't just fair to even make that calculation. Uh, for example, for 10 years, I served on the Board of Regents uh, over higher education in the state in which I live. One startling fact that we learned about was that 5% of all the faculty produced 80% of all the publications. And that pattern seems to be really very consistent when you are talking about knowledge work and more complex jobs uh, that we have in our society today. You mentioned in the article two obvious and practical questions about productivity for anyone to consider. The first was, what is it that leaders do to create a climate in which people go the extra mile and perform at remarkably high levels? And what causes people to put forth extraordinary discretionary effort? To answer these questions, you wrote about seven great solutions for improving productivity that were based on the research you conducted. Let's dive in and discuss some of these great solutions. <laughs> you bet. You know, the first one is extremely timely in this uh, period of a COVID pandemic. And it is, number one, redefine work. You know, we used to hear people say, I'm going to work as if work was a destination. It was a place you went to. Uh, one thing that this current pandemic has shown us is that work isn't a destination. <laughs> uh, half of the people who can uh, are working from home. Uh, our personal lives and our work lives uh, have become hopelessly intertwined. And, and much to many executives' surprise, productivity has not dropped off. The result appears to be that more of us will permanently be working from home at least for part of the week. The second principle is to make the targets highly visible and clear. The target isn't to simply spend a period of time sitting at a desk from a certain hour in the morning to an hour in, you know, late in the afternoon. The Best Buy organization found that productivity increased significantly by 35% when you take the approach of holding people accountable for an outcome, not merely to be, quote, at work, Nothing confuses people more and reduces productivity to a greater degree than murkiness about the objective. And so if we can define work as being outcomes, accomplishments, that makes a huge difference. The third one was emphasize continuous improvement. In the article, you said that, quote, everyone in the organization needs to know the organization aspires to continuously improve and to reach ever higher levels of performance. I think the silver lining of this pandemic, while we've been talking about it, has been people adopting new technologies that enhance productivity, such as video conferencing. Just incorporating that one thing dramatically cut travel budgets and allowed key people to utilize their time more effectively. If everyone would just stop and ask, if there are more effective ways to do this, I think people will be surprised by some of the solutions they can come up with. Absolutely. Certainly, certainly adopting new technology is a, is a totally proven way to boost productivity. Number four, convey infectious enthusiasm about your projects. <laughs> Emotions are highly contagious. And when you talked about a leader's upbeat enthusiasm for a project causes others to put forth extra effort in its behalf, 
I could completely relate. If a leader's goal is to increase discretionary effort, then the organization needs to feel enthusiasm emanating from their leaders. So I have a question. Did my excitement to start this podcast convince you to do it with me? (laughs) Brianna, absolutely. Uh, As my friend Tom Peters used to say, every worthwhile initiative in an organization requires a monomaniac with a mission. (laughs) Things succeed when there is someone who feels passionately about doing it and who will take responsibility to make it happen. So your enthusiasm was absolutely infectious. I'm a monomania. I think that's what, <laughs> that's what makes things happen. You know, the next conclusions about productivity improvement are about how leaders treat people. And so number five was treat colleagues at work with great respect. The leader who poses important questions to his or her subordinates and who then listens to their answers will absolutely obtain higher levels of productivity than the one who doesn't. The leader who invariably seeks a subordinate's opinion before expressing his or her own is far more likely to have high productivity from that individual. Is there ever too many questions asked? (laughs) Well, yeah, there can be. You know, a, a three or four year old can ask too many questions sometimes oh, to, to, to the parent. <laughs> but in general, when a boss asks a subordinate for his opinion or her opinion about the right way to do something, there's always a high payoff from that. The sixth idea that we proposed in the article was that to the manager, the leader who expresses appreciation and provides recognition, will gain higher productivity. You know, these simple acts take small bits of time, and yet they pay huge dividends. Frequent expressions of sincere appreciation from a boss go a long way to create a positive work environment, and they've been shown to have a direct link to greater productivity. And the final solution was take an active role in the development of subordinates. Carving out time for ongoing coaching is highly correlated with the highest levels of productivity. And I have a great story for this. I remember when my husband was doing his fellowship and he had all of these financial proposals he was doing and he was manually calculating all of these numbers. An older manager noticed and took the afternoon off to give him a crash course in Excel. And I remember he came home so grateful and so sad that he hadn't learned these tricks sooner because now he could do his work so much faster. And I was grateful for the person who took the time to help him grow. Yeah, it's a great example. You know, we could have added a number of other leadership acts to this list, but I I hope the point is clear. Rising to higher levels of productivity is the outcome of some pretty straightforward behaviors that are within the grasp of every leader. There are no startling secrets. There are not obscure or complex behaviors to execute. You know, sadly, productivity improvement has had a rocky past historically. In the past, some labor unions uh, thought that uh, the emphasis on productivity was simply management, a slap in the face of the frontline worker, They thought the underlying message was, uh, 
you aren't perspiring you know, enough, you aren't working hard enough, mm-hmm. it's your fault the organization is not doing better. But most management scholars have been very clear that the big gains in productivity have come from management's involvement in streamlining systems and ensuring that the culture was conducive to higher performance. You know, unfortunately, a highly motivated employee who is caught working in, a, in an inefficient, poorly designed work process, the inefficient work process wins nearly every time. Uh, but if management will work on improving systems, then employee motivation is really unleashed. And employee motivation is strongly driven by the way leaders treat their colleagues in the organization. The 90th Percentile, an unconventional leadership podcast, was written and recorded by Brianna Corn and Jack Zanger, with music by Pleasant Pictures and produced by Zanger Folkman. If you like our show, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher and leave us a five-star review. For more information about Zanger Folkman's leadership assessment offerings and to see the research we referenced in this episode, go to zangerfolkman.com and search podcast. 